Hello, my ladies. Welcome to another episode of Milfy Rich. And I just got to say something. I wish y'all could see my eyelashes. <laughs> I've been playing around with Lashify. I got some, like the control kit a few months ago, and I've been having fun with some of the different styles. And on a whim, I ordered these purple ones. And I always like kind of looked at them like, oh, you're not ready for those, Jenny. I don't know if you can pull those off. But yesterday I was just like, you know what? I'm putting these suckers on. And they are so fun. Like the look is not exactly what I thought it was going to look like. It almost looks like there's purple eyeshadow on because they curl up so much but it's so freaking fun. So I am not sponsored by Lashify yet, (laughs) but if you are um, into that kind of thing, like playing with makeup and having fun with your looks and experimenting with different looks, definitely try Lashify out because I think they're so fun. Um, today I have a podcast that I actually meant to record last week and I didn't. But it's on stages of how to process an argument with your partner. And I think what's super interesting about the fact that like I'm doing this now is that I don't remember what the argument was about. And I think that's actually really telling that we often don't remember the details of our arguments, but we will remember the feelings. And I can remember some of my pattern thoughts that came up that I became more aware of because of the argument Mm -hmm. and how I processed through this in a really emotionally mature way. Now I'll tell you, I have not always been the best person in conflict. In fact, I have a really high tendency to avoid conflict and to be more of a pleaser when it comes to being expressive in my anger or my disappointment or any sort of like frustration that I've had with my partner in the past. And that has really led to a lot of built up emotion, right? Like when we don't express how we're feeling in real time and when we are not, when our feelings aren't received by our partners, um, it's not healthy for the relationship, right? So we can hold on to certain things for too long and then explode later when that happens when we deny and repress how we feel. Um, when we're not honest about how we feel, when we don't own how we feel as being created by like one, our thoughts, it doesn't mean that like everything that our partner is doing is right, or we're condoning their behavior, but we have to own that. Like our feelings are created by our thoughts. Right. And so this pattern of not expressing myself in real time has been something I've been really working on over the past couple of years so that I can have a really open and honest relationship, both with my husband and with myself. You know, sometimes it's not even about needing to say anything to them right away, but really just telling yourself the truth 
about how you feel. I think that is the most important thing that we can do for ourselves. And in order to like be able to be witnessed and seen by our, our partners, we have to have been doing that with ourselves. We have to be like witnessing and seeing ourselves and how we are feeling first. So, like I said, I don't really remember like what the fight was about, but I remember what pattern came up. So I'll tell you first, what I did is I, I'm a verbal processor. And so it's really helpful for me to either like go into my voice notes in my phone and just like say the words. Cause sometimes when I say the words, like what is bothering me or what's going on for me mentally, I can hear the thought that is the most painful. And when I can hear the thought, like that's, that's that first experience of me witnessing myself, a part of myself, I'm witnessing the pain, the part of myself that is in pain. So verbal expression is very important for me. And sometimes I do this like with my coach, I'll just message her and I might even just tell her like, Hey, I don't think I need coaching. I just need a place for this to land. I just need a safe place for me to express myself. And my coach does not judge anything I say, which is like the beauty of a coach is they're not judging your, your thoughts, right? Cause we just have an understanding that we, that our thoughts are just sentences in our brain and we, um, you know, we aren't in control of our thoughts. A lot of times you know, like they are conditioned and they're just patterns and we're just working with these patterns. Right. So I'll message my coach and that's what I did this time. And I messaged her and was able to hit the bottom of the well. So when I say I hit the bottom of the well, it means I am like scooping out water essentially with like every sentence that I express is like one scoop down into the well of what is the emotion that I am maybe needing to express and, and see and feel. I don't always know what emotions I'm feeling right away. And so this is a process that helps me be able to do that. Right. And so I hit the bottom of the well with one thought and the thought was, I don't matter. That is a belief that I know comes from my childhood, that my feelings aren't important and that my feelings don't matter. And so it's a very triggering belief that comes up when I'm in an argument with someone and I believe that I'm not being heard or understood. And just as I'm saying that, I'm remembering what the fight was about. <laughs> but again, it's just not even that important for this conversation, right? So the step one of the process that I want to teach you for coming out of an argument, and maybe you handled it in a way that you do, you didn't like. Step one is to process what is present. If you have feelings that are hurt, you want to be able to let your 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 victim, like your your that part of you that feels victimized by the other person, you want to give her the mic. You want to give her a safe place to cry, to be expressed, and to say what actually hurts. So for me, this really was this experience of 
hearing myself say like, I don't matter. Like my feelings don't matter. And I know for sure that comes from my victim saboteur. The next thing that you want to do is speak the words on, I guess this is like step one and step two are kind of like (laughs) in the same step process, what is present, like, and speak the words unedited and without judgment, say what's true for you. You know, if you don't have a coach do a thought download, which is just where you like free flow, right. And you don't try to edit your words. Like you don't try to make them sound less painful. You don't try to make them sound cuter or sweeter, you know, especially if you're someone who is like me and you find yourself to be like really capable and like, you know, like I'm like a, like a iron, like a iron wall. Like I'm a brick wall sometimes. Like I I'm tough. That can be like that wall you're wanting to not have be around when you're doing this work with yourself. It's very like tender, sensitive work with yourself. So you want to speak the words unedited and without judgment. Again, if you're a verbal processor like me, even going into the voice notes of your phone and just talking is so powerful. And if you are still in the emotion, so again, after we've processed what is present, after we like move the emotion, like that painful emotion, you can go back and listen. And you can, what you're listening for is the painful thought. What is the thought that is creating the most pain in this experience? And after you've done that, after you've found your painful thought, so for me, it was my feelings don't matter. I don't matter. You want to see which saboteur, remember we have nine primary saboteurs and then the 10th one is really our judge. Um, If you are unfamiliar with what your saboteurs are, you can go to the link in the show notes and take your saboteur assessment, take the saboteur assessment to find out what your saboteurs are. But you want to identify which saboteur is creating the painful thought. And if you want to take it a step further, you can do a model on it. So the model is a coaching tool that I teach my clients that my mentor, Brooke Castillo created. I will put a link in the show notes to a video you can watch on how to do a model that you can see how this thought is going to dictate your actions and the result this thought will create if you decide to hold on to it. The next step, so step three, is to offer yourself compassion. Too often in my own life, and I know I see this a lot with my clients, I judge how I feel. I tell myself I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't have the thought my feelings don't matter. I shouldn't be feeling how I feel. And I just want to say that that's not Yil's fault. It's not a helpful thought to think that you shouldn't feel a certain way you do. It's kind of the, not kind of, it's 100% being in denial of reality. You might not like how you feel. You might not want to be where you are, but telling yourself you shouldn't feel that way is 100% 
your judge. And when you're telling yourself you shouldn't feel a certain way, it actually represses the feeling and makes you feel that feeling longer or some other weird, funky feeling comes out in its place and is just as bad. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, like anger comes out or you start getting really passive aggressive. So this part of offering yourself compassion is the opening for you to just be able to accept how you feel and not judge it. So after you have done this step, then we want to move on to something. We want to do something that will create a little distance from the model you're in. So again, using that self-coaching model to figure out which is the saboteur model that I'm in right now. And we don't want to stay in our saboteur model. So processing emotion and dwelling in emotion are two very different things. We want to process what is present. And then we just want to be in a place of awareness, not necessarily like sitting in the self-pity. My feelings don't matter is definitely a thought that creates self-pity in me. I'm not trying to hang out on self-pity, right? There's also a painful part of that thought. So I can see the pain. I can see the the pain trail of that thought. So I want to process the pain around it, but I don't want to hang out with self-pity, right? So you want to do something to give yourself some distance. And I always suggest doing something that gets you into the body. When we're dwelling in emotion, we tend to be more, all the energy tends to be going up into our brain. And so we want to do something that gets us into the body. So for me, I took my dog on a long walk and just the energy, like getting outside, getting into, into sunshine, like having some, uh, like different neurotransmitters coming in to make me feel good, like getting a little bit of dopamine, getting a little bit of serotonin that helped me create distance from the saboteur self-pity thought model. And after I had distance, I was able to access my sage. I was able to access my, like the more compassionate divine part of myself who I consider to be my true self, my intuition, my sage. And I asked her, knowing what I know now, what would I have done or said differently? And this would have been the act of me saying, like, I like saying how I was feeling in real time without blaming. It probably would have been me acknowledging a certain emotion that was coming up and maybe even making myself feel a little vulnerable to say these things in the moment, right? This also would have involved me, because now that I remember the fight, asking for what I wanted. You know, this fight was really about me not asking for what I wanted and really just wanting my husband to be a mind reader in this moment, which I don't know if you guys know this, but none of us are mind readers and especially not our partners. (laughs) So it's really hard to ask someone to do something that it's impossible to do. So what would I have done differently? I would have been direct. I would have asked for what I wanted and said what I needed and even risked the rejection of like, well, I don't, if he were to say, I don't want to do that. You know, when we're not 
speaking what we want and what we need in real time, what are we actually protecting ourselves from? Rejection, right? Someone saying, I'm not willing to give that to you. And sometimes the reason is like, I'm not willing or I'm not able on someone else's part. But when we don't ask for what we want or what we need, a lot of times it is this like this belief, like my needs won't get met anyways. And that's where that feeling really came in for me. That like feeling of like self-pity. It was, I was, I wasn't asking for what I wanted and what I needed because I was operating under the thought that my feelings don't matter. What I want doesn't matter. And because I was operating under that thought, what that thought created in this experience, in this fight, was me not asking in real time for what I wanted and what I needed. Can you see how this come, like goes about? Can you see the trajectory of this belief? My feelings don't matter. I don't matter. How that shows up in these subtle ways and like creates like discord in her relationships. I like had this like profound awareness of how that showed up for me, like not being able to express myself in real time and then how it created a fight later on, right? So the next step in this process is to own your part without expectation that the other person says, quote unquote, the right thing. Because the most important piece here is that you have seen, heard, and understood yourself. And anything else that happens beyond that is just sprinkles. Y'all, I love sprinkles, okay? I freaking love ice cream. I can have ice cream without sprinkles, but sprinkles like make it even better. But I would still just love ice cream. Me having the awareness that this was the model I was in, that this was my saboteur model. This was my victim model. Like, I don't matter. My feelings don't matter. Having this awareness and seeing how it played out, seeing the golden thread that burned me was the most important part of this experience. Life is always trying to show you yourself in order to reflect back to you your highest good. It was in my highest good in this experience to simply be able to see this pattern in myself and then to be able to like have the, I don't want to, I don't know if the word is strength, but just like the vulnerability to even go to my husband after the fact and say, Hey, this is what I was experiencing. I'm sorry for my part. This is like, and I just, and I just left it there. And because I was in Sage, because I was in my divine self, his response was, I'm sorry too. I didn't know that that's what you wanted. I was, I was doing what I thought I would have wanted in your, in your shoes. And I didn't know that's what you would have wanted something different. And so we had this like really peaceful resolution to a fight 
that probably in years past, to be honest, like would have just been like a three-day silent treatment. I would have just been in a silent treatment with him. But because I'm using the tools that I have learned, I'm I'm taking into uh I'm I'm using the tool of like being able to process emotion. I'm using the tool of being able to identify my saboteurs. I'm using the tool of being able to speak freely without judging myself. I'm using the tool of offering myself compassion. I'm using the tool of getting out of my head and into my body. I'm using the tool of vulnerability without expectation. I'm using all these tools to facilitate having the best relationship ever. I want to offer to you, if you have not taken the saboteur assessment, to head to the link in my bio because the saboteur assessment really is the first step in you becoming aware of what your patterns are. If you want to have an amazing relationship with your partner, the first step is to become aware of yourself and your brain is not going to want to do this. (laughs) Your brain is going to want to say, no, they just need to change. But I want to offer that having that belief system actually makes you feel powerless. Believing that you can't change how you feel until your partner changes makes you feel like freaking butt, totally powerless. So I want to encourage you to take the saboteur assessment and start the process of becoming aware of how you might be showing up to your relationship in a like not so healthy way and have this really beautiful opening for compassion for yourself where you are. I have a couple of things going on right now in my world. If you are wanting to take a break from alcohol, we got the 10-day alcohol-free challenge. I will put the link to sign up for that in my bio. That's something you can start anytime. I will be your virtual coach for 10 days via email. You get tons of videos that a lot of the same content that I teach my one-on-one clients. You will get that as well via email. Um, You'll have an amazing workbook to help take your awareness even deeper into why you're drinking and noticing your own patterns. Um, I also have the stay lit small group, depending on when you're listening to this, that is starting um, next Monday. So a week from today, I've got seven spots open right now where we are going to take this work deeper, learn more about our saboteurs while taking a break from alcohol. And I think that's it for today. I'm so glad that I didn't record this right away because I think it gave me even greater perspective to see like how little the content of our fights actually matter and that it really is just a way for us to understand and know ourselves and love ourselves and accept ourselves on a deeper level. I hope you guys have the best weekend. I will talk to you next time.